Welcome to Cure Chronic, a place where we have deep conversations and hear amazing stories about chronic disease and more. Here's your host, Becky Gale. And welcome back, ladies and gentlemen. I'm super excited to announce another crony out there. This is Cassidy. Cassidy, why don't you go ahead and tell us your story? Hi, guys. So I was diagnosed with Crohn's disease at the age of 13. I am almost 24 now, so it's been a journey. (laughs) Um, But basically, I didn't necessarily have the easiest um, diagnosis, like it seems like most people have, especially being a teenage girl. They like to tell you that it's in your head or period pains or anything gut-wise automatically means period pains for the most part to a doctor sometimes and that was very frustrating. I was told that I was anorexic, bulimic, it was all in my head Um, and basically anything you could get accused of I was being accused of at the time and it was very frustrating but Eventually, um, I got the diagnosis of Crohn's disease, and then that's where all the different medicine trials began, basically. I've been on just about every drug out there for Crohn's. Um, Let's see, um, there's Remicade, Solara, Antibio, Humira, um, Azathioprine the tons of steroids, prednisone, the fun ones, because <laughs> everyone loves prednisone. Just about everything out there I've been on, and nothing's helped me personally, but that doesn't mean it's not going to help someone else. But it's a long journey. When I do have a flare, it's usually, I usually get about one or two bad flares a year. From the age of 13 to 18, I had about one or two a year, and I'd end up in the hospital, and I'd get put on just steroids, fluids, all this stuff, and then after that, I was getting more more flares, and it just didn't ever seem to end, so a flare for me, basically, my body just decides to not cooperate. uh, along with Crohn's, I also have arthritis because of my Crohn's. Like it's re- Crohn's-related rheumatoid arthritis is the technical definition or diagnosis, I guess. And so when I am flaring, my joints tend to stiffen up, and it feels like basically the worst Charlie horse in the world. Like in your legs, wrists fingers, ankles, basically anywhere. And then also obviously my gut pain. I always described it as being stabbed, but in a different way. I don't know how it's it's hard to explain the feeling of what you are feeling inside your gut when you just say your stomach hurts. It's not just uh like bloating or something like that. I don't know. But I would also have all of these symptoms along with um, constant diarrhea, throwing up, um, nauseous. Sometimes I'd pass out a lot. Um, anemia, 
really basically anything you can have bad I was having it and it was I was going to the bathroom probably about 20 plus times a day especially during a flare I never some people have flares where they don't go which I've never had which probably would have been better sometimes but not for me in this case um I also have had abscesses and those are never fun that's what a flare is like for me for the most part and I usually just have to bleach it off for like a week and I get given pain medicine I try not to take it um because I just personally don't like the way it makes me feel and then I have my best friend which is a heating pad or a hot water bottle and I take it as easy as possible for the most part during the flare and stay as hydrated as I can. Yeah, your story sounds a little bit like mine. I actually, it was funny because when I first got diagnosed, I had like the same thing where twice a year I would flare up for whatever reason. And yeah, it's, it's awful. I'm actually one of those people that like, I don't, when I'm flaring, I don't actually go to the bathroom that much. And I feel like it's almost worse because you get, a little bit constipated and when you have inflammation and you're constipated it hurts so much <laughs> mm. it's awful I just can't imagine like I like I've been constipated before but not like especially not during a flare so I can't even mm-hmm. imagine the amount of pressure it probably builds up like yeah it's not you're nice bloated already yeah yeah so. for sure I know it's it's just crazy. I know, and then the arthritis thing, like, oh my God, I've been dealing with this arthritis flare. Like my Crohn's disease is fine. It's so frustrating. My Crohn's is fine. But the last mm-hmm. like couple months, my arthritis has just like gone through the roof to a point where I was in the hospital all day yesterday getting some Solumedrol and getting put on new drugs and this and that. And it's just like, it's such a fight figuring out what drugs work for you, what drugs work, don't work for you. And then God forbid you get put on to painkillers. Like they're just a whole other like mm-hmm. war and on then their which own drugs will cancel each other out you don't exactly. want exactly yeah for sure and then be the ones that you always need <laughs> yes exactly and then you take prednisone and you're like hey that's it I'm going crazy bye <laughs> <laughs> leave me alone for this time yeah exactly my- like you come into my room and you will get your head bitten off <laughs> <laughs> my poor boyfriend didn't know that prednisone did that to me the first time I had it on when I not the oh first no time. But, like, one of the first times when I was with him and took it, and I forgot to, like, mention, I mentioned that I was going to, like, blow up and everything. My face mm-hmm. always blows up within, like, a week or two. But mm-hmm. I forgot to mention the mood swings, and he said something <laughs> one day, and he was like, what is going on? <laughs> like, why are you freaking <laughs> out on me? I was like, oh, I'm sorry. Sorry. Um, <laughs> did I forget to mention that? Yeah, I know. Yeah. I got um, I got this new medication today called Luflutamine for my arthritis, and, like, one of the side effects is, like, mood changes. And I we were walking the dog this morning, and I looked at my boyfriend. I was like, Tony, just letting you know, if I go crazy with this, it's not me. It's the drugs. And he's like, you're already crazy. I'm like, watch it, you. <laughs> so what do, you, what do you think was the hardest thing when you were diagnosed or before to this day that you had to go through? I can think of probably two things that stand out the most. Probably the number one was the whole no doctor was believing me. And I was so young where I was 
starting to think that it was all in my head at that point and it was like I don't it it took a toll on me mentally because I didn't know if I was actually feeling what I was feeling because no doctor was finding anything or listening to me to enough to go in deeper and find things and then like if I didn't have my parents there to like support me and speak up with me at the time when I was so young then I definitely would have it would have taken so much longer than it did like the doctor that I eventually found when I was younger that gave me the diagnosis was like a two-hour drive away from me it wasn't even in my town they wouldn't see like no doctor around me would see us because I was so young it was actually like a a pediatrician's office that ended up diagnosing me like out of town it was so random it was not even like a GI or anything like that it was like a random doctor that was like I think I might be able to help you come in and like if I didn't go to that doctor I would have probably had so many not problems but like mentally it would have if it lasted longer than it did I probably would have had so much like doubt and everything in my mind just because I did start to think like I wasn't really having symptoms I was just not eating or not wanting to and stuff like that and then after that probably I was for the longest time I was dead set on not having like I have an ileostomy bag now and I was so dead set on, I will find something that works for me, blah, blah, blah. I won't ever get that bag, blah, all that stuff. But once I like got to a point in medicine, trying and trial and error, it, and I like accepted it, it was a lot. It was hard, but I honestly, it's the best thing I've done personally. Yeah, and I think that, you know, getting to the point where, you know, you outweigh the pros and the cons, right? And getting Mm -hmm. to the point where you're like, I don't want to be in pain anymore. I don't want to fight with drugs anymore. I'm going to have surgery. Like that's a big step. That's like, Mm -hmm. it's, and it's so hard too, because you like, you know, you don't, you don't want to go there. You don't want to have surgery. You want to be healthy, Mm -hmm. but then it's like, okay, well you're, you can be healthy, but now with a bag, are you feeling better though with the bag? Oh, a hundred percent. Like it's crazy. I literally woke up and besides the obvious surgery pain that I was in (laughs) and loopiness and panic at first, after probably about 24 hours, I literally looked at my mom. She was next to me asleep or whatever in the hospital room. And I looked at her and said, I'm not in any pain right now. And she was like, oh my God, I've never heard you say that in your life. It was like, that's awesome. (laughs) It was crazy. I'm that's like so night and day every day <laughs> oh was. that's so crazy. good so did they so the surgery did they end up like detaching your colon and then giving you the bag and like taking your whole colon out because I know that um when I was younger and I had I was in the hospital like literally at the same age as you that's so funny um <laughs> I was under a GI doctor, but he had majored in surgery. And so it was one of those mm-hmm. things where he's like, you need to have surgery. You need to have surgery, like blah, 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 blah. But I was slowly getting better. Um, but his thought pattern was, you know, what we're going to do is we're going to cut your colon and allow it to heal. So there's nothing you're not going to have, but leave it inside you. Um, and then call it one year from now when it's all healed up, we'll just reattach it. Did that happen to you? Or do you just have a bag for the rest of your life? 
So what you're talking about is a temporary one and they can reattach mm-hmm. it. It like allows you to heal, like you were saying. I, um, my surgeon gave me the option to do a temporary one, but she was so, once she saw my scans and everything, she immediately was like, I don't know how you're like standing here happy in front of me today kind of thing. Like you look like your insides look like you're in so much pain. Like, and then she had mentioned that like we could do the temporary one, but in the long run, she doesn't see me not having a permanent one. So it Mm -hmm. would result in multiple surgeries or I could just do the permanent one and be done with it kind of thing. So that's why I ended up getting the permanent one. And because I didn't want to like risk having to have way more surgeries than possibly just having one and being done Mm -hmm. for me. But everyone's different. Like there was, I almost did do the temporary one and risk the fact that I could go back eventually. But it just in my mind for me made sense to do the permanent one because she was so positive that I was going to need it in the future. And I didn't want to put myself through multiple surgeries when I could just do one. Yeah, that makes sense. And I feel like it's a lot less stress on your body as well. Yeah. Are you, like, are you afraid that the Crohn's is going to come back in a different area of your intestines though? Because like Crohn's disease is from all the way from your mouth to your anus, right? Mm-hmm. So I still have some Crohn's, like obviously Crohn's doesn't go away. That's with me for life. Mm-hmm. If I had, I have, um, if you have ulcerative colitis and you get it done, they can take, they can remove it completely. So it's mm-hmm. kind of like a cure, but Crohn's obviously is chronic. So I'm going to have it forever. But so far I have just, so far I haven't had, um, like I'm not technically in remission still, but um, I haven't had like the, I had it really bad in my large intestine and partially in my small intestine, but I no longer have the large intestine. So that's gone. I do have a little bit of Crohn's in my small intestine right now, but not enough to be worried or flare or anything right now. But I have had, um, since my surgery in January, I actually have had three other minor surgeries due to Crohn's, um, getting abscesses in my, um, in like on my butt cheeks, kind of like in the, they're called perianal abscesses. Or oh, peri- right. Mm-hmm. And, and the perisacral one was another one, which is like in my tailbone, kind Ouch. of, along the GI tract. But those, are, those were from my Crohn's, but they weren't like, it's not attached, if that makes sense. I don't know how to explain that. <laughs> um, like inside, I'm not connected to my rectum. Like I don't have one, <laughs> basically. It's sewn up because I yeah. think it's a permanent one. It's called a Barbie butt surgery is what people call it. <laughs> but uh, even though I don't have them, my body can still like get active there by having the abscesses and stuff. Okay. That's interesting. I wonder <laughs> that's, it's the, the human body is such a strange thing. Like, I wonder why it can do that. It's so, but I guess yeah. it's like, you know, you've had, you've had a colon for your whole life and then all of a sudden one day it's just gone. So your body is probably like, <laughs> okay, this is how I'm going to deal with this, I guess. <laughs> yeah. 
So would you say like the surgery then was like the best thing that could have happened from all of this? For me personally, so far, yes. I honestly, like I've had the, I've had pain, but it's more like the arthritis pains are kicking in. And then I've, I also have um, chronic migraines. So I've noticed the pain of my migraines more because I don't have, I'm always been used to being in pain constantly and I'm no longer in that constant pain. So I'm now noticing like things that would be painful, (laughs) I guess if that makes sense like I would always yeah. have these headaches but I didn't notice them as much before because I was always in so much pain from my Crohn's but now mm-hmm. that I'm not in pain from my Crohn's I'm like noticing my headache pains yeah so, which is kind of a relief too because you're like okay great I can deal with other pain now that's good I'm so happy yeah. for you I'm so happy that that surgery works so well for you so fingers yeah. crossed that it keeps yeah. working in the future and that sort of thing as well so So if you could go back in time and tell your younger self something, what would it be? Definitely don't be afraid to speak up and don't be afraid of the surgery. Personally, for me, I was always so scared of it and so against it. But once I actually like did the research on it and saw other people like living their life happily and everything, I wasn't as scared and I spoke up to my doctor about it and then obviously I got it but I wouldn't have waited as long probably because the last few drugs I did try for my Crohn's definitely did a bigger number on me than they should have so I would have said probably do it sooner if that makes sense. Yeah definitely. I think that you know especially the war on medications you know for you having surgery for example it's scary and it's and it's intimidating because you're like, okay, well now you have to change your whole lifestyle around because you have a bag now and stuff like that. But it's like you outweigh the pros and cons of mm-hmm. dealing like the medications. I know exactly what you mean by you're at the end of your rope with medications and the medications aren't working or like what are the side effects of the medications as well. So, you know, like you outweigh the pros and cons. It's like, okay, now you don't have a colon and you have a, a bag, but at least you don't have to deal with the pain, the medications, like you can live a pretty normal life now without it sort of thing. So, but are you going to be having to like, do you have to take other medications still um, with your, even though you have a bag? Um, so I take a lot of vitamins for the most part. And then, um, so daily, I still take daily medication, but not for my Crohn's. For my Crohn's, I just am on like a uh, I take Remicade for my Crohn's, but um, I get them infused every eight weeks. It's just, it's more of, instead of for treatment, it's more for staying, like, at a level that I'm at, basically. It's not necessarily for treating my Crohn's, but um, I only go every eight weeks, which I used to get my medications every two to four weeks, so that's a bigger space for me, obviously. And then I do take, um, along with my vitamins, I do take um, medication for my joints and my migraines daily, but we're still trying to figure those two situations out for the most part. But besides that, I don't take anything from my Crohn's at the moment. 
That's awesome. Remicade was the only medication that actually like really worked for me. And it's funny, I live in BC in Canada here and they have this no name brand Remicade and it's called Inflectra. And it's just funny because it just, it does not work the same as the Remicade. So I'm trying really hard to push my doctors to put me back onto Remicade. Anyways, they swear up and down that it's the same medication, but it's not, especially when you're the one that's taking it. it. (laughs) Exactly. For sure. So well, that's, that's awesome. I'm really excited that, you know, you only have to take the Remicade once every eight weeks. And, you know, I find that Remicade is pretty mild. Like I don't get super crazy side effects off of it. And I mean, yeah, okay. It reduces your immune system a little bit, but what do you, what do you find? Do you find that it gives you any like major side effects or anything like that? Um, Remicade was actually the first like actual biologic that I tried um, way back when I was like 18, I think. And it worked for me for like a year. I never, like I said, I've never been in remission from a biologic or anything, but mm-hmm. it was the only one that actually got me like the closest to being in remission, but my body became immune to it after like a year and a half. So I had to stop taking it. But that's why we, um, after my surgery, that's the medicine I actually got put back on because I was so, it worked with me so well besides the fact that my body became immune to it. So we try, we're trying it again because we think the, the length that I haven't been on it, my body won't build up the immunity as like it did before. I mean, eventually it might, but as for right now, like I said, it's not for treating, it's more for staying steady where I'm at. So we think it's going to work good, but side effects wise, I mean, after I get my infusion, well, I get it with, um, in my infusion center, they always give us Benadryl while we get it just so you don't have any reactions. They do that mm-hmm. with all of their infusions though. So we're usually napping the whole time that we're getting it because everyone passes out <laughs> There's yeah. in a room of people getting it. Mm-hmm. And, um, then afterwards, I'm usually like tired for maybe the rest of the day, but I usually get them done around like the late afternoon. So I come home and just relax for the rest of the day. And then maybe a little stiffness at night, that that day, that night or the next morning. And then after that, I'm usually fine for the most part. But I don't personally see any side effects. But from other drugs, I've definitely had side effects, but not this one. And then my hair is thinning, but that's just, yeah, <laughs> that could be stress too. Let's be honest. Yeah. I yeah, I I'm I'm kind of the same with Remicade. Like I found that it really didn't. You know, I I was at the point when I was on it last. Um, I had to take it once every six weeks, I think. But I was only a one hour infuser, and I didn't have to take any pre meds with it as well. So it was like I was in and out within an hour, and then I could literally go to work afterwards. Like I was a bit tired afterwards, but oh. you know, it's it's just nuts. Like it's amazing the difference between that medication. Like I've been on Humira, Stellara, like you name it, mm-hmm. all of them, just like you have. And actually, funny enough, have you been on Stellara before? Yeah, that was my worst one. That was the last one Same. I took before I requested surgery. Yeah. That was a bad one for me. <laughs> Did it make you go crazy? Um, <laughs> yeah, you can say that. Yeah. So like for me, I was on Stellara. I only got, so I only got the first infusion and then I only had one injection. And like, I kid you not, it like made me manic depressed or whatever like it was just nuts like i i was having suicidal thoughts and i was just like i don't belong to this world anymore like it was really scary mm-hmm. and i told my doctor yeah. that and he was like 
no, like that can't be a side effect of that. Like blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, are you sure? Because I'm a really happy go lucky person and I'm having suicidal thoughts. So this is nuts. Like, I don't want to take this anymore. I'm out. (laughs) Yeah. I, I'm also like a super positive, like happy person. And when I was on it, I definitely was finding myself to be like depressed and all of that. But I just, I didn't associate it with the medicine because I felt like it was working. And then I had this like one really bad day and it was, it was actually, um, so it was actually last September, right? Yeah, September. And I had taken the dose. I think I was getting it every five weeks. I was getting self injection every five weeks. I'd get it in the mail. And I think I did it the week before that this event happened, but I woke up one night and I just like my body wasn't awake yet so I thought it was just like still sleeping kind of thing but I needed to get up to go somewhere so I just got in the shower thinking it would wake it up and like I put the water as hot as it could go and I could not feel my body and then all of a sudden my body was like going numb and I screamed and my boyfriend ran into the bathroom and he was like what's going on he's like your body and like I didn't I still couldn't feel the water and our water gets super hot and he was like, your body's like literally burning right now. And I was looking at my arms so and they scary. were like getting burned from how hot the water was, but I couldn't feel anything. And like, oh my he, God. Like, he like threw clothes on me really quick and like carried, he brought me into the hospital and like literally had to carry me into the hospital. I couldn't feel the whole right side of my body at all. And they were like, you're having a stroke. They were telling me this that like a 23 year old girl, like perfectly fine like obviously like Crohn's and stuff but that was like I don't think I'm having a stroke but something's going on and then oh my god they were like yeah nothing's wrong with you and they like tested me and like to see if I had a stroke and they're like you didn't have a stroke but you can't move the right side of your body so we don't know what's wrong we'll just watch you and then I just literally sat there for like two hours and they gave me fluids and then they were like okay you can go and that's ridiculous like what (laughs) And then I, like, called my doctor and, like, told him, because obviously I call him every time I have to go to the hospital just to, like, let him know. And he was like, that sounds kind of crazy. Like, do you think it's from anything? And then I was telling him everything I was, like, feeling from since I started the Solara. And I think I was on it for, like, six months at this point. And he was like, yeah, um, some people do get weird feelings from it, but I've never heard of the numbness thing. And I'm on a few different, like, I was on, at the time, like, a Facebook group for people that take Solara. There's Facebook groups for everything. And um, I was on, I, like, mentioned it in there. I said, does this happen to anyone? Has it happened to anyone? And someone was like, oh, that happens to me every six weeks. My right side of my body just goes numb. And then I just, like, chill out for the day, and it will come back to me. And I was like, is this a normal thing? She's like, yeah, I've been on Solara for, like, five years now and it happens to me all the time like literally every six weeks like clockwork and I was like and you still take it and she was like yeah I mean Solara works for me oh my gosh that's so not okay (laughs) yeah I was like oh my god why are you not freaking out about this you're just like yeah every six weeks and I told my my god (laughs) oh my gosh yeah no and I was that's literally the day I requested to stop I said I'm not taking this anymore don't even ship it to me anymore and then yeah, I no said, kidding. is there any more things you want me to try? Because this is your last chance. If not, I'm requesting the surgery. And then he oh was like, God. we'll talk about the surgery. And then I was scheduled for January. 
It was that's literally crazy. That was the last drug I took. <laughs> wow. <laughs> that not a good yeah, one. Yeah, that, that's a bad one. That's a bad one for sure. I know. That's crazy. Your whole right side went completely numb and the doctors it didn't do so anything. It was weird. Yeah. They were like, yeah, it's not a stroke, so we don't know what to do. And they just gave me fluids and they were like, we'll just watch you for a few hours. And I was like, are you serious? Like, <laughs> wow. That's brutal. That's so brutal. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Yeah, I couldn't imagine that. Yeah, as soon as I was, like, when that happened to me, like, it, for, that was two, two Januaries ago, and so I actually had, like, the suicidal, like, really deep depression thing for probably Mm -hmm. a good solid six to eight months, like, it got better, but, like, there would be times where I would just kind of go into these little stunts and stuff like that. And like my family doctor was like, I think we need to put you on antidepressants or mood stabilizers. And like, you know, when you're that far down, like you kind of think about it, it's like, but I, but I'm not an unhappy person. Like what is, what is happening to me sort of thing? But like, yeah, it's, that's crazy though. I don't know. I don't know. All these drugs are just nuts. Like, yeah, scary. Yeah. So what do you think has been the best thing that's come from all of this? Like, have you learned anything about your body or about like your personality or anything like that? Um, I've definitely learned that I can withstand way more pain than a person should. Um, which I guess isn't necessarily a good thing, but <laughs> that's funny. <laughs> it definitely has made me realize that you can't give up obviously on anything and you just need to fight for everything you really feel especially just like in general but especially with your own body like always speak up always do your own research but don't necessarily always believe things you read also because that could be scary as well but definitely do your own research doctor wise make sure you're getting the best care for yourself because if not you could just make yourself go crazy and believe what people are saying about you yeah which is so wrong because I remember so I had the same thing happen to me as you did like when I was younger and um they they actually misdiagnosed me for six years and my Mm. family doctor at the time and like it's kind of my fault because I never went to go get a second opinion I just stuck with the doctor because you trust your doctors right so anyways but you know um he sent me to see three psychiatrists because he thought I was bulimic and I'm like no like I'm not making myself throw up like this is a serious medical problem here but it's just you know yeah. had I believed him it's like you know especially when you're in that much pain for such a long time you just don't know what's wrong so it's just so frustrating exactly and then you get like a little bit of an answer so you just like mm-hmm. go with it when reality uh, it could be so much more than that so Cassidy thank you so much for your time here could you give any of our listeners a bit of advice for their struggles like I've stated before just always speak up for yourself write down a big thing I'm a huge note taker like notes in my phone people make fun of me all the time because I'm constantly making lists and stuff but literally write down anything that you question or feel or like have a symptom of anything like that because when when that time comes for your doctor's appointment I guarantee like many people with chronic illnesses, you're going to get that brain fog and not remember what you were supposed to ask or what you were feeling one day or that doctor will be like, well, what did you do that day that made you feel like that? 
did you eat something weird or did something was there something stressful happening and then personally I always write things down like that so I just go in my notes and say no I didn't eat anything that day or yeah I had a big test that day or something like that I don't know but that's always been a big help for me personally and always um always speak up about everything you're feeling for the most part like it could be the small thing but that small thing could be what helps you get a diagnosis or a new treatment or something that will help you in the long run so don't ever be afraid to speak up or even if you're necessarily afraid maybe always have someone with you that will help you like a parent or a friend partner anything and just stay as positive as you can through it all even if it has bad mood swing medicines involved try to stay positive through it all yeah warn (laughs) people when you're on prednisone yeah warn warn people people when you're on medications that change your mood for sure 100 (laughs) percent it's like why did what what, what's going on (laughs) do you find do you find that your like your flare-ups and when you're sick and that sort of thing kind of get worse when you're under a lot of stress stress yes uh so my dad has always been like no one else in my family has Crohn's but my dad has some dietary problems and he's always been like not strict but he's always been the person that's saying like oh it's this that's causing you like causing you pain like food wise and stuff like he's really into like the gym and food and all that kind of stuff so whenever yeah diet and so if I'm like eating something and he's like that's gonna cause you pain but obviously I'm stubborn so I'm just like it's good blah blah (laughs) it's fine leave me alone (laughs) exactly yeah so he's always been um that person that's like trying to say that it's because of food more than stress but um so this past December I actually graduated um school and once I graduated I literally was like so much stress was lifted off of my shoulders and it felt so relieved and I literally wasn't like like I was in pain but I felt like the relief of not having to deal with everything test wise and that last Mm. week of finals and all the stress that was happening I was moving apartments I was planning a surgery I was doing all this stuff and after all that happened I feel like I literally haven't had stress because there's nothing to do right now anyways because of corona but Mm -hmm. I feel like it helped so much not being stressed and like just focusing on like self-care and all that because there's nothing else to do anyways but (laughs) yeah exactly what can I do today (laughs) yeah Yeah. Um, it's just huge personally for me it's more I wouldn't say it's more food that caused pain but it was I feel like food probably or stress probably outweighed food because I know people do have more triggers with food than stress, but for me mm-hmm. personally, I feel like it was more stress than food. But yeah, I'm the same. I could not, <laughs> mm-hmm. like, wouldn't even try. 
Yeah, 100%. I think that diet definitely has something to do with it. Like, I, I can't eat meat anymore because of my Crohn's disease. Like, it was, like, almost instantly. I just can't – I don't know what it is. I just can't digest it. But I'm I'm the same, though. Like, when it comes to stress, like, if I get super, super stressed out, my Crohn's is like, hey, I'm here. What's up? <laughs> I'm here for the party. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. You're like, can you please go away? Thanks. Bye. Well, thank you so much, Cassidy, for your time and your advice. How can our listeners get in touch with you? My Instagram is at broken all one word together. Um, that's my Crohn's Instagram account, and I try to stay active on there and advocate as much as possible for people with Crohn's and people that have ileostomy surgery, anything like that. I just try to advocate and spread the awareness. So as long as someone out there doesn't feel alone, then I'm happy because that's the worst thing is to feel alone in this journey. Oh, totally. Yeah. I think that's why we're, we do what we do because we advocate for ourselves and we try to help everybody else, right? Mm-hmm. Even if it sounds silly, someone else has gone through it. I guarantee it. <laughs> 100%. It's it's amazing. There's enough people out there in this world that someone has the same story as you, right? Mm-hmm. Perfect. Well, and we'll post, um, I'll make sure that there's a link to your Instagram page in the podcast here, but that's it. All right, ladies and gentlemen, our lovely listeners, that's all for this episode. And Cassidy and I will catch you on the flip side. Bye.